Get ready for conflicts where movie reviews collide. And welcome to Conflicts the Podcast. It's me, your moderator, Laura, who they will also refer to as Lulu because I have split personality disorder. And joining me today is resident dad joke, Rich. Say hey, Rich. Hey, Rich. Hey, Rich. <laughs> and we have a new voice on the mic today. Say hey, Brad. Hey, Brad. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> so our beloved Nick, shit, he's going to listen to this and know we like him crap i didn't say beloved nick that's all that's all on you <laughs> well he is busy being a studious student that's what he's claiming anyway yeah we'll go with that and hasn't been available to record with us so we're joined by brad today and we are glad of it today we are covering 2019's a beautiful day in the neighborhood the mr rogers movie Perfect. I really, there needs to be a won't you be my neighbor joke in here somewhere. People be thinking. All right. This movie stars Tom Hanks and Matthew Reese. He's the guy. Is it Rice or Reese? I was reading it as Reese. but I, I don't. think so, too. He's the guy from The Americans. Um, is directed by Mariel Heller. A brief synopsis. When a jaded journalist is assigned to interview Mr. Rogers, he is less than thrilled, but eventually finds a true friend when he discovers that the real Fred Rogers is as kind as he seems. Which... Never happens in real life, ever. Why did you look at me when you say that? I don't know. <laughs> you like, look right at me. Because everybody hates you. We're miserable. Uh, this serves as your spoiler warning, but you know, you've listened. We're going to talk about the movie. If you haven't seen it, pause. Couple fun facts I did find out about this. Uh, first of all, I did not realize Mr. Rogers passed away 16 years ago. He passed away in February of oh three yeah it's been a while i did not realize it had been that long they also in 2018 created a documentary about him called won't you be my neighbor which very confusing names on these let me tell you i kept getting i kept writing them the wrong way because i watched won't you be my neighbor recently stellar documentary highly recommend if you're into documentaries um the other thing though that was so sweet about this movie mr rogers wife joanne the actor who played mr mcfeely david newell the family communications head, David Eiler, and Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood producer, Margie Whitmer, were all in the movie when they're in the Chinese restaurant sitting at a table together. It's all of them there together when they pan across the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then Mr. Rogers himself had a cameo when he was singing in the credits. He's singing, you've got to do it. It was so sweet. That is all sweet. the feels. And his wife is cute as a button, let me just say. She's so <laughs> short. so short yeah this is going to be a problem here because uh we all love mr rogers everybody loves mr Rogers because he was as nice as he seemed and that's not going to give us a lot to argue about though he was mr wholesome hey i love mr rogers mr rogers was not this movie this movie was not mr rogers good point that being said that's so deep let's dive in let's dive into our reviews brad you're the new guy we're gonna start with you because i'm gonna pick on you Uh Okay. All right. That's cool. Laura and I watched this movie together. Um, Without me? Yeah. <laughs> you weren't cool enough to be invited. Sorry. Oh, man. Next time. See, I told you she doesn't like me, does mm-hmm, she? Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I had to, uh, I gave the movie an A 
I mean, Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just kind of absorbed the role. He's Hanks. I mean, he can do anything, right? And it'll be perfect, um, at least most of the time. I really wasn't disappointed at all. Like, again, his mannerisms as Mr. Rogers were fantastic. Uh, he was delicate, very soft-spoken, soft-hearted. The voice, yeah. And it just, I left this movie feeling very happy. Like, it just, m- Like good feeling feels. uplifted? Good yeah. feelings. And that, in and of itself, I think, gives an A. You just don't get that anymore. So, uh, I, I'm Yeah. <laughs> you're you're coming in with an A. You're like, good good job, yeah. gold star, <laughs> song about it, hand puppet. What about you, Rich? Actually, I'm going to give it an A as well. And I, that's lame. A. It feels lame, but the movie but if deserves it. Earned it. it, it earned it. it. It really did. You know, when they said they were going to do this movie, the first action, I'm like, who do you get to play Mr. Rogers? And they said, we're going to get Tom Hanks. And I said, well, that's about the only answer I would have accepted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he is. He, he goes and he does his thing, and we have a wonderful performance there. It's fantastic. To the point where, at times, I almost forgot that it was Tom Hanks. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, consciously, I guess I knew that, but I was able to lose myself in it enough. And, you know, I'm somebody where I saw a lot of Mr. Rogers when I was growing up. I mm-hmm. hit that kind of prime time where he was at his height of popularity. So I'm pretty familiar. to the. But I really love this, uh, for lack of a better phrase, kind of behind the scenes look at Mr. Rogers. We never mm-hmm. got that. You know, you always look at those things and they even kind of touched on this in the movie. Are they really like that? Well, you know, what's, yeah. what, what's it really like behind the scenes? And I love the fact that they acknowledge that he wasn't perfect, but that he was good. The scenes where, uh, you know, they're like, oh, no, we're 30 minutes late already. And, you know, he's still going. And they're clearly annoyed because they're trying to keep a schedule. These are producers. Yeah, who are and they want to go home job, at the end of the day. But at the same time, they know they can't stop the guy because he's just too damn nice. Uh, and, you know, they like mm-hmm. him, too. But they're like, come on, Fred. We don't know. <laughs> Yeah. I really enjoyed that they showed him human, but just really that good. I'm a little surprised by these reviews because I'm going to be the one common in here with the conflict. I gave it a B minus. Okay. I did. I feel like this movie had so much heart and I give it marks for that. I felt like it was really dry. As I was sitting in the movie theater, I was aware of the passage of time. And if I'm aware of the passage of time, I'm not fully engaged. And for me, Tom Hanks didn't ever fully become Mr. Rogers in the movie. His performance was impeccable. But I was I found myself thinking about the movie Walk the Line with Joaquin Phoenix, the Johnny Cash biopic. Mm-hmm, sure. And by the end of that movie, I had completely forgotten that Joaquin Phoenix was not Johnny Cash. By the end of this movie, I was still aware that I was looking at Tom Hanks. I was looking at Tom Hanks doing a very good job, but it was still Tom Hanks, not Mr. Rogers to me. I felt like the movie was really slow. And I think ultimately for me, the culprit was that the characters outside of Mr. Rogers world didn't fully engage me. I didn't find myself completely caring about this reporter's life and his world and his, you know, relationship with his dad and all of that. But it did feel true to who Mr. Rogers was. So it's still a good grade, but I I was expecting more. And I was a little bit disappointed when I left the theater. Lulu, who hurt you? <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 get this, this out. This movie, damn and, it! I wanted more. Let's begin the healing because <laughs> clearly you were wounded and 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 wrong. So you're acting out. You're just lashing I'm out. I'm lashing out irrationally. Yes, that's that's <laughs> clearly what this is. 
Oh, I, I watched the movie The Santa Claus the other day, and the little kid in the movie looks at him and goes, you're lashing out irrationally. <laughs> <laughs> That's where that came from. It made me laugh out loud. I am right. You're wrong. The end. <laughs> the end. We, we'll just stop now. There's yeah. no reason going on. Yeah. Lulu has spoken. I have spoken, <laughs> damn it. I'll be a little voice of compromise in that uh, I don't agree with you at all about compromise. <laughs> um, That's just compromise. I'm compromise. I don't agree with you at all, gotta, but okay. Got to take that first. But I, I think that that father-son dynamic, uh, what was it, Jerry and Lloyd, I think? Mm-hmm. Yes. What their the names Vogels. were. Yeah. Uh, it just felt kind of a little generic, uh, mm-hmm. but also necessary for the redemption arc of that character due to his speaking with and being around Mr. Rogers. I think it made the end of the movie. I get what they were trying to do with it of like, he has a tumultuous relationship with his father. Mr. Rogers is going to be a father like figure for him. It all ties together nicely with a bow. At the end, I was just kind of like, meh. And I didn't want to be meh about anything about this movie. It was Mr. Rogers. I, I will say I was a little surprised by that. Usually I know something about a movie going in. But just due to a busy schedule recently, I really didn't know anything other than having watched the trailer. I mean, they said Fred Rogers, Tom Hanks, I'm in. I really didn't need mm-hmm. anymore. So I'm going to go see the movie. And I, and I had a fantastic time. But I was a little surprised that the movie kind of wasn't about Fred Rogers. I mean, in many ways, it truly was. But the main character, you know, was Lloyd Vogel. Mm-hmm. And the, it was his story. Now, Fred Rogers is deeply enmeshed in this story. But it is Lloyd Vogel's story that, yeah. we're, that we're seeing here. Uh, I wasn't aware of the source material. I, I am now, but at the time I didn't know that this this was coming from this well written and well known article. I'm not certain how I missed that, but I did. So they I was, touch on it in the uh, the "Won't You Be My Neighbor" documentary. Yeah, and I I should have watched that as well. And I am I'm ashamed to say that I hadn't. I have since then, but mm-hmm. I had not seen it before I went to go to the movie. It kind of hit me on a Fred Rogers kick, so I went back down memory lane. <laughs> yeah, and caught up on a few of the things that I have missed, but. I, I was a little surprised, uh, so I didn't expect that. It was a good example of the trailer was a little deceiving. Mm-hmm. Now, ultimately, it didn't bother me because I still thought it was a good movie, but you would not know from that trailer that this is a movie about somebody else. Yeah, and Mr. Uh-huh. Rogers is almost a secondary character in this movie. In many ways, he he was the, the kind of, uh, it was the story of how this character in, interacted and was involved with Fred Rogers. So, you know, it's a different dynamic than what they portrayed. And I really didn't mind it so much in the long run. I do agree that they didn't tell the Lloyd Vogel story as good as they could have. Mm-hmm. And I think they suffered a little bit from deciding that it was the Lloyd Vogel story and letting Mr. Rogers overshadow it a little too much. There are times where maybe they could tone him down and let the character come through of Lloyd come through a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it suffered from that at times. That's why I didn't give it an A+. This did not hit all the boxes just right for me. But, you know, there is that strength of performance that was wonderful. I mean, honestly, I thought uh, Chris Cooper as the dad, uh, as uh, Jerry Vogel, he was better than the actor playing Lloyd Vogel. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a jackass. You don't like him, but he's supposed to be. Yeah. And he does it in a way that you can tell this is an incredibly talented actor who is not playing the jackass just to be the jackass. Like, he fully understood this character and knew... There was a lot of history between these two. And even though he did not have that many lines, I mean, he's essentially a tertiary character in this movie, but you still were engaged with everything he was doing because he knew like how complex their history was. And he played that every second. And I loved it. Also, random shout out to the girl, the lady. I can't 
think of the character's name, but his partner in that movie was one of the nuns from Sister Act. And that just made me <laughs> so happy. I saw her and I'm like, it's Sister What's-Her-Face from Sister Act. I did not catch that, actually. She was the, the really quiet one in the first one who's scared to sing. She has... Oh, yeah. She has the different okay. habit because I think she's like a, a nun in training. I'm not Catholic. I don't know the words. I'm sorry. <laughs> but she's like, a, you know, like a nun in training. She's a Padawan nun. She's a Padawan. I think that's the correct term. <laughs> if, if, if not, I'm going to petition the Catholic Church. They have the one braid just coming on the side. <laughs> and, I, yeah. I don't think the church is accepting my letters anymore. <laughs> I, that, that's possible. The Pope has spoken like, yeah, this guy, we don't want to talk to him anymore. Bye. <laughs> All right, this seems as good a time as any to segue into our next segment. I'd previously been calling it the best of times and the worst of times, but I've since renamed it to something that I find more entertaining, the good, the bad, and the not ugly, because we don't need to know what's ugly, just the good and the bad. So, Rich, what's the good for you in this movie? Pick just one thing out of all of it. You know, I would just say it's Tom Hanks, but I'm going to go a little bit deeper than uh, just his performance. The point for me in which I said this is great, it was the very, very end. They hit on such a high note, which is ironically a low note. The point where he sits down at the piano and he's playing and as everybody finally trickles away and once they leave the room and he stops and he bangs the lower keys. Mm -hmm. And you see that frustration. You see him processing those emotions. You see him practicing what he preaches. You see this human person who is doing everything he can. And it wraps the whole movie together in such a way that I thought was amazing. You know, it, this movie didn't deify Fred Rogers. It just said he's a very good person. And I think that was a much better way to take on it. Sometimes after people have been gone for a while, we try to only remember the good. You know, we try to make them more than what they were. Mm -hmm. And while although he did accomplish so much, this didn't try to take it any step further. It basically said, no, this guy accomplished all of this as just being a good person. But he did have to process things. So that scene there at the end, uh, I almost ranked it the scene where he's talking with Lloyd on the couch about his own children. Mm -hmm. And he had the scene where he said, you know, the one truly challenged me. One didn't, re you know, didn't acknowledge I was his father, publicly acknowledged for a long time. And, you know, you, you got to see these dynamics that this was a person who dealt with life stuff just the same way we did. It wasn't this idyllic version that we like to have of the grass is always greener where some people just have it easier and luckier. Yeah. And we see that this person was just that good at at dealing with it and processing it and caring for people. Good answer. Now you have to follow that up, Brad. Good luck. <laughs> sure, sure. So, you know, I, I agree with Rich uh, that Tom Hanks, well, his performance, yeah, that, that's phenomenal. It's one of the best of times. Mm -hmm. So instead of choosing that, I really went with um, the travel sequences instead, just because... Okay. Every time it happened, um, whenever a character would fly, bus, drive anywhere, uh, they would use like a set replica in the style of the TV show. Mm -hmm. And it just felt like I was back in the land of make-believe again, mm -hmm. and I was just enjoying Mr. Rogers. And I couldn't put a price on that. I just felt a lot of joy. Um, so much nostalgia. Yeah. So. I love that. Yes. They did. They definitely hit that nostalgia train pretty hard. And normally but they I would, did it well. Yeah, normally I'd complain about it, but it was not only uh, hit it in the correct spot, but it was also artistically correct. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they didn't do it in a way that it seemed awkward. And it wasn't cheap. Mm -hmm. And so many times when they try to get you in the feels, it comes across as so, you know, Hallmark yeah. Channel, so predictable. And it wasn't in this case. And I very much appreciate it that. It didn't feel like pandering at all. Yeah. So I, I do appreciate that they did that. For myself, I think the good was just the heart. 
in that it's like I just said about the Hallmark movie. You can find things with quote unquote heart, but f- this was like an earnest kind of realistic felt so true to Mr. Rogers kind of heart in this movie that even though I didn't find it perfect and I walked out being aware of all of the imperfections I felt in the movie, I still, it still got me in the feels in all the right ways. And that's really hard to do in a movie now, especially a theatrically released, you know, A-list cast holiday release movie that never happens anymore. And I love that that happened. I think it's beautiful. It really was. It was a beautiful day in our neighborhood. <laughs> Aww, well <Aww>. said. <laughs> I asked for a joke and I got it and it was a good one. All right. Now you got to flip the coin. Let's find the bad. Rich, what was the low moment for you? So there's a sequence. Uh, it's a little left in the middle of the movie, but it is when Lloyd essentially has his breakdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, that whole sequence really didn't, it didn't hit home for me. It seemed... It really seemed like they were shoehorning it in and not giving it any due. Like there wasn't enough emotional lead up to it. There really wasn't. It was just like, oh, crap. And off he goes like we're doing a traveling sequence again. And then suddenly he's there. Suddenly he's passing out. Suddenly he's waking up at Fred Rogers' home and suddenly everything's okay. It was too short. They they didn't sell it enough. And it just felt awkward watching it. There's a moment where I'm like, okay, wait a minute. What's happening? Mm-hmm. So he passes out on the set and they said, take him to Fred's bedroom. I don't, I mean, did they, they not call an ambulance? You know, did they know what was going on? I don't, What? wait, there's a, I, you missed a few steps. Mm-hmm. Could, could you go back and fill that in for me and kind of explain why he is, you know. It I wasn't think, enough for your suspension of disbelief. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think they sold that sequence as well. They're, they they could have done that one better. Now, once again, it didn't take away from the overall movie too much. But that one sequence there, uh, I just kind of felt pretty mad about it. I, I felt that they, they didn't quite knock that one out of the park. Uh, which is, you know, I guess a testament to the movie that that's the worst thing that happened is they, they had one sequence that was just mediocre. All right. How about you, Brad? That scene, I, I agree with you, Rich. It was strange. Like we're tumbling down the rabbit hole and I didn't know what exactly was happening and it took me out. I couldn't suspend my disbelief. Mm-hmm. But I it really what got me throughout the whole thing, though, was the relationship between Lloyd and Jerry. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, I know we touched on it earlier, but it just felt canned almost generic like something else could have been brought to the table that we haven't right. seen before uh, i understand its purpose and needing to get the redemption of jerry um but it just it, wasn't enough it just wasn't enough yeah it wasn't enough okay as much as i hate to say it i don't think the actor was able to stand up to it yeah i, I think that you, you just kind of saw some shortcomings there. matthew reese yeah I, yeah I, I think there were times where he didn't he just wasn't able to shine, especially against Gary Cooper as his father. Mm-hmm. Once again, sure. I, saw, I thought Gary did a great job in that role. And the, the kind of back and forth that should have happened didn't happen. Instead, you just got this guy who was running away, which I think was the point they were going for. But it just came across as awkward because we didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. Maybe they could have added something to it that would have made that more poignant. But as it was, it seemed like, hey, here comes a scene and nope. Yeah. For me, I have to say it was just the slow pace of a lot of parts of it. The parts where Mr. Rogers was on the screen, I was fully engaged and was unaware of the pace because I was engaged and didn't care. But there were other parts, you know, when he's at home with his wife and their new baby where I'm just almost looking at my watch like, okay, well, let's let's move on now because I don't really care. And that really it made it feel a little stop and go between fully engaged and not quite fully engaged in what was going on 
which ultimately was my problem with the whole movie. And that is definitely the bad for me. All right. <laughs> There's no Sorry. natural segue here. Not I was really like trying to like, is there a clever way to move on? No. So let's just embrace it. Uh, normally I dive into the female factor, but there's nothing much to say on that front because this is just a different kind of story. The only thing I do have to say is a huge round of applause for a lady director. We need more women directing. Um, so instead, let's change this to the Fred factor. And talk about how Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood impacted our lives. Did you guys watch Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood as a kid? I Rich, did. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. My uh, my mom ran a daycare out of our home. Oh, so cool. Mr. Rogers was on all the time. Yeah, PBS, free TV. And I remember whenever I was, the earliest times watching Mr. Rogers, it would just instantly put me to sleep. <laughs> um, that voice, the yes, monotone. Just so calm and he was wonderful to listen to and I could probably mm-hmm. listen to him now and fall asleep again. But as I got older and like, I, I really did start to enjoy the story a bit more and feeling... You learned things. You, you learned quite a bit and he was just such a nice man. What about you, Rich? Did you watch it and your kids? Because you're the only one of us that has the children's. Uh, uh, my, my kids were pretty much unaware of Fred Rogers other than... Uh, you know, had just his kind of, uh, I guess, myth, mm. the legend. That, uh, and the Daniel Tiger show wasn't on yet, was it? No. So okay. the, they they kind of missed Fred Rogers entirely. You know, you say he's been gone 16. Well, my youngest is 17. That gives you an idea. Mm-hmm. Now, I know some of was still on the air, but the biggest problem is that so much else was on the air. You know, when I was young, there wasn't a lot on. We had, you know, the, the, the joke, the three channels. Well, it's true. It's what we had. And PBS was one of them. There weren't a lot of cartoons to watch either when you were a kid, especially at those times of day. Yeah. You Saturday morning cartoons were a thing, and you got up and watched them then. You have a few after-school cartoons, but mostly what was available was Mr. Rogers. And that's mm-hmm. what a lot of parents turned on. So, yeah, fr- you know, Fred Rogers was everywhere. I hit that prime time. I remember when Fred Rogers was young. You know, <laughs> before before the white hair. Yeah, you know. So I did hit a lot of of Fred Rogers. And what's funny for me is it's something you didn't notice at the time. It just was. It was just there. You know, we don't. You know, we didn't think about choosing to watch Fred Rogers. Everybody just watched him, and so did I. You didn't think about is this having an impact? Is this you know teaching me anything? I think it did, but at the time it was just so much a part of the background that you didn't think of it as anything other than just that. It, it just it was just there. So much like Bozo the Clown mm-hmm. was uh, one of the other shows that, you know, was just on. You just watched it. And you look back now and then you ask questions. How much influence did that actually have on my life? You know, you talk about my children. I ask myself the question, what's their generation like without having a Fred Rogers? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it does that have an effect and an impact? At, you know, we look at, you know, emotional maturity and, you know, we question whether or not these new generations have the same level. And you look back and say, but... F- Fred Rogers was instrumental in like my development of that in many ways. And, you know, you just have to wonder how much impact really was lost. I don't know if I have the answers for that. Yeah. But, you know, that's something that is irreplaceable. And the way media is so ubiquitous now, I don't know that we could, even if somebody wanted to try to take up that mantle, there was no way to have that be Mm -hmm. in front of kids so much the way it was me. Yeah, because Fred Rogers Productions is still a thing, and they do produce several, the Daniel Tiger cartoon, and there's several other children's programming that they produce for um, for PBS stations. But I don't think, it's like catching lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. You know, you can only catch it once. Well, You're I- never going to catch it again. And it was it was the ultimate coming together of just the truly kind person that Mr. Rogers was and a team of people who believed in what he was doing and a medium that let him 
be him and change the landscape for kids. And I don't think that will ever happen again in the same way because you can't catch lightning in a bottle twice. When you can't compete with YouTube and 3,000 channels on your Mm -hmm. television and all of the other stimuli that Oh, yeah. I was walking through the store with my niece the other day and she gets so excited because there's a a line of toys from a little kid that has a YouTube channel. I don't even know what it's called. I'm looking at her and I'm like, what is this? And she's trying to explain it to me and I'm like, I don't understand. And she's like, he's a YouTuber. And I'm looking at the packaging. I'm like, he's six. (laughs) And he has a whole line of toys and that's what And that's okay, because I don't think that all of those are necessarily a bad thing. And, you know, the times change and you have to evolve with them. But this was a beautiful day in the history of what influenced children of a time. And I think it's a beautiful thing that they made a movie out of it. You know, it was uh, fun to watch because my son did go with us to the movie. And I was kind of trying to talk to him a little bit afterwards. Now, he's a teenager, so talking to your teenage son about emotional <laughs> things is always a bit of a struggle for a conversation. But, you know, he's a pretty good kid. And, you know, he he just didn't, he wasn't aware of Mr. Rogers. So he didn't necessarily have a lot to say. But I could see him processing it and and thinking. And I, I that's kind of when I started asking myself a lot of these questions of, hey, wait a minute, this is... This is somebody who grew up with a cell phone in their hand. This is somebody who grew up without Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what things did I possibly miss that maybe should have been there? Uh, because those things were there for me and I just forgot about it. Well, Mr. Rogers, thanks for all you did, pal. We missed you. You sure do. I want I want the sweaters, though. Oh. No kidding. And the loafers. Okay. Yeah. It was like National Neighbor Day or something. And there was a hospital that I think in Philadelphia... Someone hand knitted red cardigans and little canvas inspired trainers for all of the newborn babies in the hospital ward. And Mrs. Rogers came to the hospital to see all of the babies and all of them were dressed like Mr. Rogers. They had little knitted ties. They had little red knitted cardigans and they had little black knitted sneakers on their feet. And it was the cutest, most wholesome thing I have ever (laughs) seen in my life. And that is the impact Mr. Rogers had. Those one day old babies were all dressed like him and it gave the world the feels and it was beautiful. And how do you top that? I don't think you can. Thanks, Mr. Rogers. Thanks, Mr. Rogers. Yeah.